It's a chapter that is normally, when I hear people go to it, they're normally going to be preaching from those verses, from around verse number 10 through verse number 18 or so. But uh, I want to drop down to the last two verses of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 6, and I want to look at the last two verses of the entire book as the Apostle Paul is closing this book out and share with you what the Lord has laid on our hearts for this morning's message. I hope that you'll give us your undivided attention for just a little while and pray for us that the Lord would help us and would use us and that God would work in our lives and in this message this morning. If you are able and willing, and when you do find your place, if you will stand with us this morning, we'll reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord from Ephesians in chapter number 6 and beginning in verse number 23. The Word of the Lord says, Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Notice verse 24 again. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the Word of the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul, who writes this book of Ephesians, he more or less he dictates the book of Ephesians as it is written by the hand of Tychicus, but written by the voice or the words of the Apostle Paul. He closes out the epistle to the Ephesians in these verses, and he's praying for peace and love with faith for the brethren from God the Father. He also asked for the Lord, or asked the Lord, for grace to be on every one of them that loves Jesus Christ sincerely. Churches have sung the hymn, Oh, how I love Jesus, for many years. But loving Jesus is more than a song. I'm preaching if the Lord will help us this morning on loving Jesus in sincerity. Loving Jesus in sincerity, or loving Jesus sincerely. Church is singing a song for that, oh, how I love Jesus. But I'm telling you, loving Jesus is a lot more than a song. Loving Jesus is more than attending church. Loving Jesus is more than standing to testify and saying, I love the Lord and I thank Him for saving my soul. I say amen to that. I love the Lord and I do thank Him for saving my soul. But loving Jesus is more than just saying those things. Loving Jesus is more than just owning a Bible or tithing to the local assembly. Truly loving Jesus must be done in sincerity. Paul tells us about spiritual warfare in this chapter, about putting on the whole armor of God, about that helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the Spirit and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the the shield of faith wherewith we shall quench all the fiery darts of the wickedness, girding up our loins about with the word of truth. But I'm telling you, He finishes out the chapter telling us about the sincerity of loving Jesus. Oh, friend, if your love for Christ is but an outward display that is not heartfelt, you will be miserably defeated in this battlefield that we face spiritually. The Bible says unto us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, yet ye love, 
you see Him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We've not seen Him, yet we love Him. We love Him, my friend, from our hearts. I praise the Lord for this saying of the love that the Lord has put in my heart for the Lord Jesus. The Apostle John wrote a string of verses that are quotes from the Lord Jesus Christ in His Gospel. And they're recorded from the last few hours that Jesus spent with His disciples on the earth before the crucifixion. In John chapter 14 and in verse 15, He said these words, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. In John 14 and 21 he said, He that hath my or he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him. And I will manifest myself unto him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. I'm talking about loving Jesus sincerely. John 16, 27 said, For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. Loving Jesus sincerely is serious business. I want to say loving Jesus sincerely is a choice. If you love Jesus sincerely, if you will love Him in sincerity, you must choose to do so. Loving Jesus is a choice. Nobody will force you to love Jesus. The psalmist maybe said it best in Psalms 18 and 1. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. If you love Jesus sincerely, it'll be because you purpose in your heart. I am going to love the Lord. I love Him sincerely. If you love Him sincerely, you'll choose to love Him. If you were forced to love Him, you wouldn't be loving Him at all. You'd be doing what you were coerced to do. Forced love is not love at all. Forced love is no such thing as love. But God gave us the opportunity to choose Him or refuse Him. And if you love the Lord this morning, you'll have to choose to love the Lord. And loving Jesus in sincerity is a choice. And it's one you can make or not make. But if you refuse the Lord Jesus, you've made a choice. If you choose the Lord Jesus, you've made a choice. It's more than a choice, and I'll preach the rest of the message on that. But it is a choice whether or not you'll love Jesus. Loving Jesus in sincerity is a choice. I want to say loving Jesus in sincerity is a command. Deuteronomy chapter 6 said in verse number 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And of these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Loving Jesus is a command. We are commanded to love the Lord. Amen. And Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12. And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God and to walk in all His ways and to love Him and to serve the Lord with thy, thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Deuteronomy chapter 
and His judgments and His commandments always. Somebody said, preach all that you're reading from the Old Testament. That's all from the book of Deuteronomy. Well, that's quiz the Lord Jesus. And see what He has to say about it. He was asked of the, of the lawyers of His day in Matthew. In the chapter number 23 and verse 36, what is the greatest commandment? And He said, it's these verses from Deuteronomy which tell us to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. This is the first commandment. This is the greatest commandment. And He said, the second was like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And He said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. The Word of God is fulfilled in us loving God and in loving each other sincerely. We are to love neither in word about the end of but we are to love in deed and in truth. We are to love sincerely. Jesus said this generation didn't praise me with their lips, but He said their heart is far from me. And we are to love Jesus sincerely. Loving Jesus sincerely is a command. I want to say thoroughly this morning, loving Jesus sincerely, not only is it a choice and a command, but I want to tell you it's contagious. Amen. Loving Jesus is contagious. If you get around people who love Jesus sincerely, it is an infectious thing. I mean, it'll rub off on you. If the friend will show up, and it will infect others. It's contagious. In our text, the Apostle Paul prays for extra grace for those who love Jesus sincerely. He spoke as if he was certain. He also was in that number when he said that they love our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember Jesse Nathan, that missionary that we support in St. Lucia, when he had been removed from his home country, I believe it was Grenada, if my memory serves me right, but when he had been removed from his home country, and they would not renew his visa to continue his mission work there, he was able to come here to the States and spend a couple of months. But then his his visa here was going to run out, and he had no place to go and nothing to do. And he didn't know what the will of God was for his life. And he came to our church for the mission's revival. And here he spoke to us about us praying that the Lord would put he and his family in the right place. And God opened the door for them to be in St. Lucia. And they built a church and began evangelistic services on the streets. And running the radio broadcast. And he's a good man of God and sincere and honest. And he came back several years later and when he came in here he said the greatest thing that ever happened to my ministry was when we were run out of our home country and had no place to go and had to come to the states he said I've been raised in formalism and I've been brought up where the truth was preached but there was no power there was no spirit of God he said I sat on the pews and they would sing amazing grace and he said I love the Lord from the depths of my heart and I wanted to stand and say yes hallelujah that's the grace that saved my soul praise God that's the Jesus that I serve he said the man of God would preach and I wanted to stand and wave my hand and say yes you're preaching right he said when we would pray he said I wanted to cry loud unto the Lord but he 
said none of that was acceptable. We were told the only the heathen acted that way. That we had to see it like little uh, our soldiers and march in order. And that that was the way that things must be done. And he said, I was just bursting open with love for God. And he said, I was taught that I could not express that love. Sincerely now, I'm sitting here and somebody 
stands up and said, Preacher, I need to testify and say, I'm glad I'm saved. And I love the Lord. And He rescued me from hell. I am so thankful for the changes made in my life. I'm glad He came by my way and brought me up to the depths of sin. Made a new creature in Christ Jesus out of me. You know what happens to me? Down inside of me, there's a man. There's somebody down in here that starts jumping up and down. That says, oh yes, you can, you can relate to that. You know what they're talking about. I tell you, I witness with it. My spirit witnesses with it. I thank God that I know the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Now this ain't, this ain't verse and chapter and verse reference or whatever. I'm going to tell you. Go ahead and put the provision on it. This is my opinion and powers theology, so take it for what it's worth. I don't know how in the world you can fall head over heels in love with somebody and not ever get a little bit excited or emotional about it. That's right. Amen. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, some of you, you remember when your heart went pitter past, whenever that girl would make moon eyes at you. Don't tell. I fell in love with them, but you didn't get emotional about none of it now. You didn't get excited. Some of you fellows remember back whenever you asked your spouse to marry him so far, and he got so nervous just trembling all over and all that kind of business. Oh, you know why? You fall in love with somebody. I mean, head over heels, hopelessly in love, friends. You get a little emotional about that thing. You get a little bit excited about it. I remember the first time I held that little baby that was mine. I mean, first little girl of mine. I got three girls. After a while, it just kind of gets old hats, you know. But when I had that first baby girl and laid her in my hands, and there she was, all red faced and screaming her head off. And my friend just had come into this world. I mean, I was smitten right away. And I held her up close and I kissed away all her tears. And I will never forget sitting down with her in my arms and just squalling and looking towards heaven. You know why that I acted the way that I did? Because I done fell in love. Oh, friend, don't And don't be critical of these folks in church. And wave their hands and set out to serve God. I tell you, we fell in love. We have fallen in love. Oh, He's the lover of my soul. I love Him sincerely. And I'm not ashamed of the one that I love. He's the dearest friend that I've ever had. I tell you, if you'll just get nearby and see what He's done for the children of God. Amen. It's contagious. It's contagious. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. 
Matter of fact, whenever somebody gets saved, and I'm talking about in the power of God, the Holy Ghost comes down, the Spirit of God sweeps through their soul, invites them under the altar, my friend, they may know the Lord in the free pardon of sin, get relief from that conviction that's in their life, and the heavy burden of sin is rolled away, and they feel peace down in their heart. Oh, I can't tell you the times I've looked down at the altar and saw somebody who was bowed down. I mean, bowed down under a heavy load. But then finally lift their face up and look up toward heaven. Tears are dripping off of their chin. I mean, just to see the radiance, to see the relief. I tell you, stir something up in me. I tell you, my friend, they just came to know the one that I so dearly love. When you love Jesus sincerely. Hallelujah. Peace be to the brethren. Hallelujah. Oh, peace be to the brethren. And love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Loving Jesus in sincerity is contagious. It's a choice. It's a command. It's contagious. I'm going to finish up with this now. This may be my business background coming out in me, but this is where we're going to park a little while this morning. Loving Jesus. You take it for what it's worth. If you're not familiar with what I'm fixing to tell you about, just tune in real close. Or as Brother Sandy says, tune in real close and pay attention to what we're fixing to tell you this morning. I believe it'll help you. Loving Jesus is sincerely loving Jesus is a contract. Sincerely loving Jesus is a contract. You see, we love Him because He first loved us. That's what He said in 1 John 4, 19. He loved us before we knew it. I mean, He knew me, yet He loved me. And He loved me before I ever knew Him. He loved me before I ever knew who He was. He loved me before I ever could speak His name. He loved me before I was ever conceived or drew one breath of air in this world. He loved us by sovereign covenant. He loved me with a one offer of love toward Him. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us before we ever knew who He was. And while we were yet sinners, God committed His love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us by sovereign covenant. But we love Him by contract. And we were so stirred by His love that we offered to love Him too. He accepted and we're on our way to a contract. Have you seen that? I'm going to give you a brief contractual law lesson this morning. And try to make spiritual application out of it. And if they don't nobody else get along with me, just pick up on bits and pieces here and there. Because your preacher's been helped by this this week. And we love him by contract. You see, to have a contract, there are four essential elements. You must have offer, acceptance, legal consequence, and consideration. First of all, there is an offer involved with loving Jesus in 
sincerely. There must be an offer to have a contract. And Jesus represents the offer unto us. He offered Himself for us. That He may offer Himself to us. And my friend, in contract law, there are several different kinds of offers. And all of them in some way pictures of this contract we have of sincere love for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is what's called an express offer. Now that term express does not mean quick or convenient. That express offer means that it has been expressed. It is in words. It is expressly spoken or written. I tell you, Christ offered His love to us. Expressly written in a love letter that He gave to us. That let us know what He knows how what He thinks about us. I tell you, yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. It is His express written offer of His love toward us. It is an express offer. That second way to make you give an offer in a contract is an implied offer. This is an offer that even if not spoken, it may be reasonably inferred from a party's behavior. I want to tell you, Christ's behavior implies this offer to us. I tell you, He said, Hey, my Father loves me because I lay my life down for the sheep. And He said, If I have the power to lay it down, then I have the power to take it up again. You know how we know Jesus loves us? It is in His behavior. He went all the way to the cross for us. an express offer, an implied offer. In contract law, there's such a thing as a general offer. You know what a general offer is? It's a public offering. Amen. It's not available for select people. It's not available for select members. Have some particular group. It's shutting out everybody else. It's not just available for people. Have a certain race or creed or color or nationality or residency or age. But a general offer is available to the general public. I want to tell you, I'm glad we have a whosoever will gospel. I'm glad the Lord will save anybody and everybody that will come to Him by faith. Praise God for the offer. I believe Jude said it this way. He said we praise the Lord for the common salvation. That's not that it's ordinary, but that it's common amongst us. If you get saved or if I get saved, we all got to get in the same way. But what was available for me, it is available for you. It's for black and white and yellow and red and green and purple if there are any. Amen. I tell you, it is available for everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A general offer. But then it gets better than that. 
sometimes in contract law there's a specific offer. This is an offer that's not to everybody. This is an offer that's extended to a specific individual. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I can truly say with the songwriter, Jesus spoke to me one day. Praise His holy name. I grew up knowing the gospel was for the world. I grew up knowing that Jesus died for the world. But praise God for that blessed night when the Holy Spirit came by my way and said, that's lost. That's you that needs to be saved. That's you that Jesus loves. That's you that has the offer. Praise God for the night He extended the offer my way and made it personal unto me. He gave me a specific offer. It was an offer I couldn't refuse for Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Specific offer. And then in contract law concerning these offers now, there's such a thing as a standing offer. Amen. Oh yes. That is, the offer is open for as long and available for as long as the one who has made it has designated. It is open for a period of time. It's usually extended over a long period. But an open offer has some expiration. If no other expiration, the expiration comes at the time when the person who made the offer, my friend, and no longer is alive. Well, we don't have to worry about. No one who made this offer will never die. But I tell you what he has said. He has said my spirit will not always strive with man. And there's coming a day the offer is going to be off the table. That's a standing offer right now. But there's coming a time the offer is going to be off the table. You better accept the offer now while you have opportunity to. Hallelujah. Standing offer. Jesus is going to close off for one of these days. And then in contract law, there's something called a counter-offer. This is where one refuses the offer as it was extended and returns it with new provisions. Let me just tell you that there's no need. There's no need today in trying to counter-offer the Lord Jesus Christ. No need looking at Jesus and say, your offer's not good enough. Here's what I propose instead. No need looking at the Lord and to say, I'll not accept your terms. Here are my terms. And we'll, and we'll covenant together based on my terms. The Lord will not accept your counter offer. He's not in the business of cutting a deal this morning. Hey, you'll either accept the gospel on gospel terms or you'll die lost and go to hell. He'll either accept Jesus on gospel terms. He'll either accept His love on gospel terms. Or you'll die eternally lost. No need to counter off for the Lord Jesus, friend. The gospel is what it is. He will only accept you on gospel terms. He's looking for you to love Him sincerely. There is an offer. I told you there's four parts to a contract. An offer. Secondly, there's acceptance. I told you Jesus loved the whole world. Is the whole world going to be saved? Absolutely not. Jesus loved everybody. Is everybody going to heaven? Absolutely not. Is Jesus died for the sins of every man, is what the Scripture says. So is every man going to have their sins forgiven? Absolutely not. What's the problem? To have a contract, you must have offer and 
over you this morning, the Holy Ghost has come by your way. He's not only made a general offer, but for you, He's made a specific offer. And my friend, some of you, He's dealt with you time and again. It is a standing offer. But until you accept it, you'll not be saved by the grace of God. Some of you are waiting for the earth to tremble. You're waiting for skyrockets to go off. You're waiting for explosions to happen. unless you reach out and accept the gift that has been extended. Is not salvation the gift of God? By the way, not only salvation the gift of God, faith is a gift of God. Somebody said, I can't believe it. I just cannot seem to have the faith to believe. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 if you need to since you're already in the book of Ephesians. Hit chapter 2 and in verse number 8. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works that any man should boast. Notice it says here. It didn't say salvation was a gift of God. Notice what your Bible says. Words mean things. The Bible means something. And every word, my friend, is from the mouth of God. It says, before my grace is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That faith, faith is not of yourself. Faith is the gift of God. Not a word that any man should boast. It's not just the grace of God's gift. Faith is God's gift. It's not what your Bible says. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Did you realize He gives the faith to believe? He gives the space to repent. He gives the forgiveness we stand in need of. You say, I don't know if I can trust it. He will give you the faith. If you just put your eyes to believe. He'll give you space to repent. He'll give you forgiveness in your life. It is God's offer. It's up to you to accept. It's up to me to accept. It's His offer. For we'll have a contract. We must have offer and acceptance. 
When an offer is made, acceptance must take place so you have no contract. This acceptance can be expressly written or implied by behavior. That is, acting on the deal in good faith. But no such thing can there be as silent acceptance. There must be an answer to the offer. If you let the offer sit on the table, it cannot become a contract. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Knowing the Lord is sincere, love is as simple as receiving Christ's offer for forgiveness, trusting only in the Lord Jesus. I said there's four parts. An offer and acceptance. Then there's legal consequences. If you accept the offer, you accept the responsibilities that come with it. There are legal consequences to a contract. If we love Him, He said, we keep His commandments. If we love Him, we are committed to Him, devoted to Him. If we love Him sincerely, we desire to walk in a way that pleases Him and reflects well on Him. If you accept the offer, you accept the responsibilities that come with it. Oh, friend, if you refuse the offer, there are legal consequences. If you refuse the Lord Jesus, if you refuse His love, there is an eternity where God's love won't be found. There is an eternal fire that burns for those who refuse the only Lord Jesus and die without God. There are legal consequences to refusing His offer. Then the fourth part of a contract is consideration. Consideration. That may also be titled or tagged remuneration. That simply means somebody got to pay. There's got to be some sort of payment exchange hands. Any contract must involve some right, some interest, some benefit, or some profit to a party. There is a price that must be paid. There are many ways to set up remuneration for a contract. Of course, many folks talk about having a cash deal. But salvation can't come through a cash deal. Some folks will talk about swapping properties. But the Lord is not interested in swapping properties with you. Some would talk about exchanging real estate or maybe even swapping stocks or bonds. Oh, but my friend, maybe the one that if you look in the tax assessor's office and you look down at the sale or transfer of property and the real estate contracts that pass from one family of generation to another, and maybe this is the way we could best describe a sincere contract of love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll read this way. The consideration that covered the cost was love and affection. Love and affection. Why in the world was this piece of land deeded? For this man would he pay nothing. The cost is listed in the tax assessor's record saved from his father by love and affection. You know how I inherited this love in my heart for God? I received it from my father by love and affection. How you see Jesus paid it all? All to him I owe. See And left a crimson stain that he washed it white as snow. And Jesus paid the cost of this thing at Calvary for us. And now I have received this offer on the basis of love and affection. 
And you know what Jesus wants from us? He's not looking for you to contract with Him and give Him your property. He's not looking for your automobile. He's not interested in your 401k. You know what He wants? Love and affection. Just that simple. That's what He's asking for from us. That we love Him sincerely. He wants you to love Him. Sincerely love Him. Love Him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Come on the song. I'm finished preaching. He wants you to love Him more than you do anything else. He wants you to love Him more than you do everything else. He's asking us today like He did Peter in John chapter 20. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Peter, do you love me more than all this stuff around you? Do you love me more than you love fishing? Do you love me more than you do your occupation? Do you love me more than you do these brethren? Do you love me more than what these others around here say they love me? Peter, do you love me the way you say you love me? Peter, lovest thou me? The Lord's may be asking you that question this morning. Do you love Him sincerely? That song we sing that's on the flap of our hymnal says, Let us love our God supremely. Let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. I wondered this morning, do you love Him sincerely? How long has it been since you loved Him openly? How long has it been since you fell at His feet and said, Lord, I'm just here to tell you that I love you more than anything in the whole world. And I'm so glad you found me just in time. Sinner, you don't have any idea if you're lost this morning. If you don't know the Lord, you have no idea how precious a friend He is. What a dear Savior that He is. I sure would to God this morning while the offer is extended that you'd accept it. Saying to God, it sure would be good to take some time this morning to love on Jesus. Everybody, anybody, come pray. Do what you need to do this morning. I don't know. It's up to you. But I preach what the Lord's laid on my heart. Everybody stand. Loving Jesus sincerely. Do you love Him from the bottom of your heart this morning? I mean from the bottom of your heart. You need to talk to the Lord with your tongue.